Right, so uh, this is WPRB in Princeton, and uh, we're talking to Mickey from Lush. So, um, Mickey, you you were playing, uh, you are doing a big tour, right? Um, yes, with a ride. And uh, I heard like you are doing like 25 dates, is that right? Um, I, I don't even know, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's just like a big list, as far as I'm concerned. So you came over last November. How did that go when you played in... Uh, oh, it was Spain? good. It was good. I mean, that was mainly for press. Really, they just want, uh, Warners just wanted us to come over to do press, and then they said, well, well you might as well play as well. Mm -hmm. So we just did, like, eight dates. And that much, you know. So have you played with Ride before? No, we haven't. So uh, do you know them? Um, well, we've known them for just going to see them, and they come and see us. Mm -hmm. You know, and then when we went, when we came to America last time, we went to Japan straight after, and they had just played there, so we sort of hung around with them for a bit. So we're all jolly good friends. Uh, that's good. I mean, they're, they're pretty young, aren't they? Um, a couple of years younger than us. All right. Well, yeah, so, uh, like, tell us a bit about Lush, I and mean, how, how uh, Lush has been together for, like, a, two or three years now? Yes, um, yes. And how, and like, uh, how old is the band? Well, people in the band. You, you are? How old are people in the band? Um, well, I'm 24 today, actually. Oh, happy birthday! Well, thank you very much. Still haven't got a card or a present, oh, but I'm terrible. waiting. <laughs> and um, Steve's an old man, he's about 29. Oh, it's not too old. <laughs> and uh, Chris 24, Emma's 23. Mm-hmm. So, um, and... Um, let's talk a bit about uh, of, I don't know 4AD. And uh -huh. You can you can you part you part of 4AD, and you know, you've got the image as a 4AD band. And was it like your ambition to be on 4AD? Um, well, at the time when they you know decided to make Scar with us and well, put out a record by us, I just I mean I didn't really harbour any ambitions to be on 4AD because I just thought we're never going to get on a label like that. Especially at the time, we were just abysmal, you know. I mean, I didn't think we'd get on any label, let alone 4AD. But, you know, it's, you know, it isn't a label that I've always thought is um, quality stuff, you know. Right, right. And, and, and it's like being with the Cocteau Twins and uh, Pale Saints. And is that, you know, is that really important to you, like having kind of those kind of label mates? Does that mean a lot to you? Well, it does, yeah, it does mean a lot to me, because I think 4AD are, despite, you know, they, they're they really well known, but they don't have that many bands. You know, I think labels like Rough Trade and stuff have got loads and loads and loads of bands, and they have a few really big bands, right? You know, they had Sundays and Smiths and people like that. But maybe 4AD are a bit more like Creation. Creation are pretty selective as well. Mm -hmm. And they just, you know, they, they don't just sign bands for the sake of, the fact that they might just become big or something, they do sign them because they really want to. And it is totally quality over quantity. Well, and what do you think, like, are there good new bands coming out now? I mean, we've been playing um, bands like Bleach and The Cranes. And you know, do you kind of see those bands actually kind of following you know, in your footsteps? And do you, do you listen to them and do you like them? Oh, yeah, I like them. I don't think they're doing the same as us. You know, I... I really don't like to draw comparisons with other bands because I know that when we started, 
it was just endless associations with the Cocteau twins and My Bloody Valentine and you know it's so reductive to say oh yeah they sound like My Bloody Valentine or to say that Bleach sound like us which is ridiculous you know just you know we might have a similar audience and we might be sort of coming from the same direction but we're not alike you know Do you think there's like a kind of um, almost like a movement, or you know, there's a, a whole whole lot of bands um, with kind of women vocalists uh, playing kind of quite well, pretty but hard music at the same time. Mm. And it, there's like you know, I, there's my bloody Valentine. You, know, you always get compared to, but you know, people like the Shop Assistants and the Primitives. Mm. Um, I mean, they've been a, they've been around for a few years. And do you think that's like something that's happened over the last few years? Is that something you've noticed? Um. No, not really, you know. I think it's just, it's so easy to draw really rash comparisons. So the minute you get four or five bands that all have women in them, mm -hmm. you know, if, if got, they just immediately put them in the same sort of category. You know, if, if Bleach had a bloke singing for them instead of a girl, they, you know what I mean? It, right. it wouldn't really come into this sort of lush equation at all. Yeah. And I think, I, I don't, I, I don't think there's any great similarities. I mean, you know, we've been compared to everything from that, the Sundays to the Throwing Muses to the Darling Buds, and it's all only because there's, like, women in the bands. Right. Which, and other than that, I really don't see how we could be compared. So you, you get described as, like, a, a woman band, like, people didn't even realise there's two blokes in the band. Well, exactly. So often, often, you know, people say, think that we're an all-girl band, mm -hmm. you know, I just, I, I just, I, I don't know, because I think there are so many bands with women in them, that it, it's, um, I don't, you know, I, I don't agree with focusing on the fact that there's women in the bands, because it makes it sound like a sort of minority. Right, but do you think it gives you any, a different perspective, being a woman in the music industry? I mean, do you think it's fair to say that the music industry and bands are, you know, more men than women, say. Oh, well, definitely. And uh, does that give you a different perspective, being a, being a woman? Like, you know? Um, in certain situations, you know, initially when we were just, you know, just playing gigs and not, you know, not that involved with the rest of, you know, the sort of music business, whatever, it, it wasn't because it was just four friends. And so we didn't think, oh, you know, we're two women in a band, how odd. And we knew other other women in bands and stuff so it didn't seem odd but then once you start getting like road crew and you start meeting record companies and stuff like that you start to realize that it is almost entirely male dominated you know i mean i <laughs> all the, the sort of well especially with crew you know you don't really get female roadies or women doing the sound for gigs or women doing the lighting and that is almost entirely men and I, I mean, do you think that's a bad thing? Is there any, any way to change that? Or do you just have to resign yourself to it? Well, I think... Um, well, I think it is a bad thing, but... But I think it's just... Um, women aren't encouraged at all to get involved in, in things like that. You know? I don't think it would cross most women's minds at all to think of that as a, an, a career option at all. You know, to get involved in the music business on a technical side. If women get involved in music, they tend to think of themselves as being the lead singer in a band or maybe a bass player, you know, because that's, that's all they see as examples of women in music 
I know very few women who would consider becoming a producer or something, you know. I mean, is there anything like you can do to change that? By like, is there any way you could get women roadies or you know, producing your own records or stuff like that? Well, I mean, I don't really know what you can do. I think it's mostly to do with information, actually. It's like, if more women become aware that you can do these sort of things, mm -hmm. then they're more likely to, to do that. So if, any, if you get women applying to be roadies for you, then you, you'll seriously consider them? Well, I'm not going to like immediately favour women over men, because mm -hmm. that in itself is sexist, I think. You know, you just go for someone who does the best job. Right. But obviously if there was more women doing it, then, <laughs> you know, there'd be more chance to hire people like that. Um, the only time I really see women doing stuff like that is at colleges, mm -hmm. where they, you know, they get involved in just the entertainment at the college, but as far as actually doing it for a job, you don't really see it. Can we talk a bit about your lyrics? Uh, I mean, you, uh, your lyrics and uh, Emma's mm. lyrics. I mean, because they, they the words are very much kind of down in the mix, but imagine that your lyrics are important to you. Uh, and I mean, isn't, isn't, they're not exactly kind of straightforward, you know, I love you, you love me lyrics. They're kind exactly. of subtle, but um, you don't provide a, provide a lyric sheet with you, uh, no. records. I mean, is, is that a policy decision? Yeah, because I think... You know, some, well, you must know, some lyrics look really good written down. Mm -hmm. Some people are very clever with lyrics. I don't think, you know, ours are just mainly, uh, you know, a lot of it is just the sound of the words and stuff. Certainly when I write a song, it's so, I, you know, I can't write songs that don't rhyme. So it ends up just a lot to do with the actual sound of the words rather than what they're actually saying. Mm -hmm. And I think it's more fun when people misinterpret them anyway. <laughs> More interesting. Well, and you, you do actually have like particular topics for uh, you know, particular songs, and it seems, seems particular themes. So it's not it's not they're purely like in you know, the Cocteau Twins. Oh no no no, they are words, they are words, but they're really sort of quite vague, and uh, they're just ideas really. You know, it's uh, the the sort of approach to lyrics has been more negative than positive. You know, it's like I don't want to write a song that's like. Like you say, oh yeah, I love you, baby, blah, 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 you know, it's just really sort of inane. Yeah. I don't, I can't see me writing a sort of song that's like a story, or I can't see me, well, you know, we played around with a few sort of political lyrics very early on, and they were just so abysmal and embarrassing, I think they would have done more harm than good. <laughs> so, well, the lyrics that we write have just sort of come about... Andrew, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Go on. To, um, well, we just, that's just how we ended up, you know. We get really embarrassed about what we write, so we sort of cloak it in various images that no one understands. So is that the reason why they can, the lyrics are way down in the mix? Um, not really. The vocals are mixed pretty far down because that's just something inherent in the music, I think. Mm -hmm. We don't, you know, I think we do write sort of pop, type songs but we don't just write them as a melody with some backing music it is the whole every element is important so you know the vocals get put as almost another instrument you know they're not you know it's not like a voice telling you something it's just part of the music itself right 
When are you going to be recording a new album? I mean, you've, done, you've got the Sweetness and Light EP out, and uh, over here there's the, the Scar, mm. um, well, CD, I suppose it is. Mm. Um, are you going to be recording a new album soon? Well, um, see, what happened is after we came to America last time, and then we went to Japan in December, and then really what we wanted to do was to write an LP and concentrate on that for this year. But, you know, we, ha we have to come back here to promote Gala. Right. And so, you know, we spent like three months writing stuff. And then we come out here. And then when we go back, we're just going to have to go back straight into writing. And then hopefully we can get an LP out before the end of the year. That would be great. Um, have you got any ideas about producers? I mean, do you want uh, Tim Freeze screen to talk, talk, talk to uh, do it again? I don't know, actually. We're still sort of debating. And with the sweetness and light EP, and you, and you, it seems to me it was a bit softer than the uh, Scar and Mad Love EPs. And you, I mean, is that fair? Is that like kind of a change in your style? Are, are you getting softer? Um, I don't. I don't really know because all our development has really been marked by the different producers. You know, when we made Scar, we were completely clueless. We'd only been into the studio twice in our lives, and that was both for demos. And so John Fryer did a lot, you know, suggested a lot, and we learned quite a bit. And then, of course, when we went in with Robin, we learned more. So, that, I mean, each producer has really had, like, a major influence on how the record has ended up sounding, because we haven't ever really had solid ideas, because we don't know enough mm -hmm. about production. But slowly we're sort of learning more and more, and now we have a lot more input. You know, certainly when we do this LP, we've got definite ideas as to how we want certain songs to sound, whereas before it was almost entirely left in the hands of whoever was producing it. And yeah, even Sweetness and Light was like that. Right. So, I, and you've got a lot more songs written? I mean, you know, we haven't had many songs from you, basically. I mean, on, the, on the gala thing, there's kind of two no, versions. No, there's no new songs on that. I mean, we've got about five, potentially seven at the moment. And then when we go back, we have to write this, that amount again. Uh, how are you liking America? And, and you're you're used to the States at least because you've you come you've come over to um, your mum lives in Hollywood, is that right? Yeah. Right. And uh, but this is the first time you've been to the East Coast, or the second time? Um, the second time. And and have you like had time to kind of wander around the streets of New no. York and? No way. Oh really? So you've just been like doing interviews. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I mean, last time we were here, we were in New York five days, and all I managed to do was, in, like, the lunch hour that we got, to, like, rush off and go up the Empire State Building. That was it. <laughs> For five days in New York, didn't do anything. So, yeah, I mean, your, your whole impression of America has been from watching TV and uh, totally. stuff like that. Totally. Uh, are, are you gonna actually going to take a holiday at some point and, like, kind of go and do interesting things but obviously playing playing gigs is probably fairly interesting but you want to do other things apart from that I don't know I don't think I know what a holiday is anymore actually <laughs> <laughs> I'm beginning to wonder <laughs> hopefully one day we'll get one so you've been um, well no, what's your impression of America I mean, and say like the American music scene and you have like a favorite American band or bands that you know, bands that you really favorite like. American bands. 
I suppose a lot of that dance stuff, you know, that comes out here like uh, that. Well, not even dance, I suppose it's like rap type hip hop, whatever, but all Public Enemy and Dream Warriors and stuff like that. And. Um, the Dream Warriors are British or American? Or was it no, oh no, they're Canadian, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. That makes sense. Brilliant. Brilliant. Really like them. Um, De La Soul, that sort of stuff. Right. And, um, and of course, you know, Dinosaur Junior and all that lot. Mm -hmm. R.E.M. Steve's like a massive R.E.M. fan. So he, he, he's glad about the new album? Yeah. <laughs> he raves about it. <laughs> um... So I, one thing I'm curious about, are you like friends of the Cocteau Twins? And I mean, obviously, Robin Guthrie produced uh, some some of your work, but mm. do you hang out with them at other times? Oh yeah, we yeah. hang. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, one thing I'm curious about: what do they think about playing in Las Vegas? They, you know, they went to Las Vegas to do their last uh, show on this. Yeah. Tour. And what what did they say about that when they came back? Um. Well, I, I don't know actually what they thought of it. I think Robin loved it. He loves all that sort of really gaudy stuff. Right. And he's like a total gambler. <laughs> so I think he had a pretty good time. Right. So you've been doing all these interviews. What questions have you, have you been asked a lot? Of? What, and what questions have you got bored of being asked? What, sorry? What questions have you... Been, you've been asked a lot of questions today doing all these interviews. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what questions have you have been asked the most? And you, you know, like from what these... All these different radio stations you've been talking oh to. Oh God! Questions were asked the most. Uh, where'd you get the name Lush? Tell us about the ABBA cover. Um, what's the other one we get? Oh God! I can't even remember. <laughs> There's certain sort of key ones that cross up, and we all sort of answer them in unison. Like. <laughs> and are there questions that you don't get asked, which you'd like? Like to, you know, stuff you'd like to talk about, you don't get a chance to because people don't ask you about it. Oh God! No, I can never think of this. Do you? And that's another question, actually. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no, I never. I, I can never think of any. Well, tell us when you're um, where you're playing and uh, next over, over the next uh, week or so, oh. so people can go and uh, rush rush to listen to you. Oh my God. I really don't know. <laughs> I was handed this list of, like, dates about two days ago. And I just, uh, you know, I just sort of looked down the list and went, oh, that's good, and I can't remember any of them. All I can remember is Boston on Saturday, which is the first one with Ride, but, but um, God, I don't know where. Well, I know you're playing in Asbury Park at the Fast Lane on uh, Wednesday. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, of course, that's the, the one where Bruce Springsteen comes from or something. That's, that's right, yeah. And, uh, no, well, yeah, we're giving away tickets for that, so uh -huh. some of our faithful listeners will be able to come and see you. <laughs> Have you still got the red hair? Yes, I've still got the red hair. Oh, that's great. Uh, wh where are you from in Britain? Uh, London. Right, so you, you grew up there? Yeah, I did. Is, that, is the whole band from London? No, Chris is from the Lake District. Right. And, uh, so, I mean, well, why don't you tell us a bit about the Manchester thing? Oh, the Manchester thing. Oh, God, the Manchester... I mean, I think it's really waning now in Britain. It's much more sort of individual bands now, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. But um, I think also because there's bands like The Farm have become really big and they're not from Manchester, so 
and you know it's just i mean that, that whole thing was a bit stupid anyway mm-hmm. oh. you know that whole labeling of like where a band comes from and then trying to you know say that there's similar sorts of music because they all come from the same place which is just ridiculous and obviously now you've got so many imitators who aren't just from manchester you know they're from all over so they've sort of dropped the manchester bit a bit and now it's just sort of well i don't know indie dance crossover or baggy or whatever the hell they call it and um you know i think it's getting to the point now where i think there's so many really bad imitators i mean i can't i, I was talking about this to emma earlier that i was watching the chart show in britain and there was some band came on called i think it was small town parade and i just couldn't believe it this video i thought it was like a, a, a joke it was such a sort of every cliche that you do if you were trying to take the piss out of the Manchester scene. And um, it's just, it's, there's obviously just like some really bad bands getting in on it now. So I think um, it's, it will just destroy that scene, And what, which is good because what you'll be left with is the bands that are good will survive it. You know, I'm sure the Mondays will survive it totally because they've just become so big now. Right. I know. I read this interview with uh, the Railway Children, who who actually are a Manchester band, but kind of one of the least kind of baggy bands around. And, and they were saying that you know, oh, the Manchester thing's over now, and now 1991 is going to be the year where serious bands start to get taken seriously again. Uh, and, and do you feel like you know, is, there's actually going to be a change, and you're going to get more publicity because of that? Um, maybe, but I don't. I sort of shy away from putting it that way because I don't, you know, that whole thing about what is serious music doesn't, you know, I think I think the Manchester thing, despite all its faults, was a really good scene, you know, having grown up in the 80s where there was absolutely nothing to, to inspire sort of people under the age of, you know, 14 or whatever. I think it's brilliant when you see 11-year-olds walking around in these ridiculous flares and really getting into music. And... In that respect, I think that scene was brilliant. And, you know, terming stuff as serious music, I think, is really negative because I don't think music has to be that serious necessarily. I mean, we really shy away from it. The amount of people who try and talk about us being like a serious sort of rock band, this, that and the other, and I'd much rather be a frivolous pop band in many ways. But that's like 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 kind of distinction between like serious bands and pop bands is is like made much more in the USA than it is in Britain. Yeah, but it still exists in Britain. Definitely, you know, it is definitely more obvious here. But um, there is still this abiding thing in Britain that a rock band are serious and therefore more worthwhile, and a pop band are a bit of fun and not really, you know, meant to last or have any real quality, you know, which I think is rubbish. You know, I think, I don't know why people are so scared of enjoying themselves, you know. I think, um, I think pop music is brilliant. Okay, well, thanks very much, Mickey, for talking okay. to us. And uh, have, a, have a great tour. Are you, are you going to be back on the East Coast uh, in a, sometime? Um, yeah. I suppose so. <laughs> I don't know when. I suppose after we get this LP out, we'll come back. Well, if you come back and uh, you know, doing more interviews, it'd be good to speak to you again. Yeah.
All right. Well, thanks very much, Mickey. Okay. Bye. Thanks a lot. Bye.